Good afternoon and welcome to the Lift the Spirit podcast. This is Jonathan Jones. I'm the cultural conversation leader here at Demdeco. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Aaron Heim, our senior storyteller and creative writer. Good to be back with you, Jonathan. And today we are excited to have with us Lori Siebert. Lori Siebert is one of our artists here at Demdeco, but Lori has licensing agreements with many other companies and just is a phenomenal creative person and has her own following on Instagram, has her own business on helping other artists learn how to license their artwork. And Lori's just an all around great human. So Lori, welcome and thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Jonathan. That was very nice. So tell us a little bit about yourself, just who you are, anything you want to talk about. Okay. Well, I am a mother, a wife and a grandmother of two adorable boys. But in terms of my professional life, I started painting when I was seven. So that's been pretty, art has been pretty much a thread throughout my whole life. I got a degree in graphic design from the University of Cincinnati and started my design firm three years out of college. So I've been in business since 1987. So yeah, wow. do the yeah. math. I'm pretty old, <laughs> but young at heart. So the first part of my career after starting my own design firm, I was really doing graphic design and branding and mostly for business to business, but then segued into doing work for retail clients like Target, Bath and Body Works. So we did some work with Nickelodeon. We did the signage for the Superhero Island at Universal Studios. Oh, wow. We did a stint yeah. in middle graphics, so that was that. And then about maybe 18 years ago, I explored the idea of licensing because we were always a very illustration-based mm -hmm. design. So I read about it, and then we went to the licensing show, and then we showed it Surtex. And I've had two agents, but now I represent myself and our daughter, Kenzie, who's a really talented designer as well. If, hey, if I can interrupt for a minute. Yeah, so a lot, sure. a lot of our listeners will have no idea what Surtex is. Can you explain quickly what Surtex is? Sure. Surtex is a show where artists go to show their work to either sell prints and patterns outright or to license their art and manufacturers in the gift and home decor and apparel industries go to the show to look at art and find artists to work with. So Lori, one of my favorite uh, quotes about creativity, I, I try to live by this. I've tried to live by this my entire life is it, there's a, there's a quote out there attributed to Pablo Picasso that, that says the creative adult is the child who survived. And when you said that you started painting at age seven, that's to me, that's when kids are the most creative. You are definitely the child who survived. And so, but when in your journey, did you finally realize that, yes, I'm an artist. This is what I want to do. This is where I want to take my life. What, what, what age roughly, if you, if you can recall. That's funny you asked that because I was in clay class last night and the woman next to me asked me how old I was when I called myself an artist. And I really cannot remember a time where I didn't think of myself that way, either an artist or a maker. When I was a kid, I was really shy. So 
art was sort of my place to go. And I would just, you know, I was the kid who was outside collecting flowers and making mud cakes or, you know, crocheting with my grandmother, making these funky purses or, you know, my mom, I can't believe she let me do some of the stuff I did, but making those little melted crayon candles. And I don't know, I just was always that kid who was doing or making things. And that's just kind of been a thread through my whole life. That kind of coupled with this, I just have this childlike curiosity that has served me well and has never gone away. So that's, you know, that's been my journey. So I went all through high school, had a great high school art teacher. I was all, well, back up to grade school. In grade school, I was the kid who was doing the covers of the school newspaper and drawing pictures for my fellow students. Lori, I have to ask this question because uh, we're pretty close in age and, and we grew up covering our textbooks with brown grocery sack paper. Oh, okay. I, were yeah. you were you commissioned or asked to, to creatively decorate classmates' covered te textbooks? I wasn't asked to do that, but I was often drawing things for other yeah. people. And yeah, so I I kind of, it's it's really interesting to me because we have two grandsons and one is five and one is eight. And the little guy, Holden, he already considers himself an artist. He, he yeah. I, my Nash said to me, well, Mimi, you can do that because you're an artist. And Holden piped up and said, well, I'm an artist. I'm a young <laughs> artist. And so he has already kind of thought of himself that way. And I think I was the same way. And he's the kid who wants to do what he comes in the door and says, Mimi, can we do a project? You know, Holden. yeah, that's so great. Yeah. So, so all through grade school, I was still doing it. High school had a great art teacher and she introduced me to throwing clay on the wheel and doing batik and just all kinds of different mediums, which I love. And then when it came time to go to college, my counselor kind of steered me towards graphic design because mm -hmm. that she considered the way to actually make a living as an artist, which, you know, it actually has served me well because the program I went through at UC, University of Cincinnati, it had two things. One, it had a, it was really based in problem solving. And I think I can, I can apply that way of thinking to anything that I do. And also they had a co-op program. So I was working all through college every other quarter at a different design forum, firm or place and ended up getting hired by one of the design firms I co-opt with right out of college. Then I switched to, I was art directing a magazine. And then like, like I said, three years out of school, I had built up a freelance business on the side of my full-time job to where I almost had two full-time jobs. So that's when I decided to start my own business in 87. It was just me at first in a little 10 by 12 office. And at one point we were up to 12 employees now there are four of us and we okay. all remotely. So like I said, started out doing business to business, then uh, retail, and then moved into licensing art about 18 years ago. So you've been an artist with MDECO for quite a while. 
And I remember one time you and I were talking about your line glass fusion, which is these glass serving trays and in incredibly brilliant colors. And then you've done a line with us that it's a lot of words and copy. And I remember you telling me that your glass fusion inspiration, if I remember right, you said it goes back to a professor you had in college that kind of developed your love for color. Am I remembering that correctly? I did have a, I remember a lot of lessons in college for sure around color. And one, one story about it is <laughs> they, he always taught us to, you know, do, if you're going to do an all blue palette, have that tiny bit of orange and that's your spice. It's sort of, you know, a lot of the rules that I learned in college have stuck with me. And that's a really important one about color. But I think maybe even more, I'm realizing now, maybe even more than college, my love for color came from growing up in the 60s. Because I remember this sleeping bag I had when I was a, a girl and it was just these wild flower power flowers all over it and yellows and I find myself being drawn back to a lot of the things that I grew up with now so that that's I'm finding that really interesting so what about your love for words and writing where did that come from I I think I always liked while well, I'm a reader I love to read and I always like to just dabble in writing little poems on and off journaling. I wish I were more of a consistent journaler, but I'm just in awe of people that can write really well, like Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am too. And I've often heard authors talk about how hard it is to write and people go, I, I want to write a book one day. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that because it's not easy. <laughs> no, it is not. And it's even writing like short little phrases for product, you want to get the words just right. And sometimes the shorter phrases are harder than when you're going on and on about something. But I like the challenge. It does take a whole different part of my brain when I'm, when I'm working with words. But I also find that words really connect to people. You know, if you can say something in just the right way, I think you can really grab somebody's heart. And that, if you pair it with the right visuals, it's sort of, you know, it's the best. Aaron, what were you going to say about shortening? So, well, uh, first of all, when it comes to shorter writing, every word matters. Every syllable matters when it comes to that really tight, condensed copy. One of the things, though, that I'm, I'm appreciating, and then thank you for your kind words about me. I, I think one of the things we want to talk to you about is the creative mind a little bit, and me Having a weird, I call myself, I've got a weirdly wired brain. Like when anybody asks me how I'm able to do what I'm able to do, I always say, I've got a weirdly wired brain. And the reason I'm able to do what I'm able to do is the same reason I can't do what you can do. My yeah. dad's, a, my dad's a, an accountant. I do not have an accountant's brain, but he knows. <laughs> and the other thing I've got, Lori, what I appreciate about you also is that you do have obviously the visual skills, but also the writing skills. I have the, what I call the curse of the writer who can't draw. Is that I can see things very vividly in my imagination, but I cannot draw to save my life. And I think that if, if I guess my answer would be to this, I want to ask you what your answer to this would be. But my answer is somebody's asked me, asked me, you know, how, how are you able to do the things that you're able to do? My answer oftentimes is I don't know. 
I have no idea why the ideas come. I have no idea, but I'm, boy, am I glad they come into my brain. I don't, I just, sometimes I just don't know where this stuff comes from and it's really hard to explain, but can you talk a little bit about what life is like or how it's different for someone with a, with a highly creative mind, if you will? Well, first of all, my dad is also an accountant or what? <laughs> <laughs> What you mean by that, and my husband is very black and white and, you know, numbers oriented, and so that's interesting. But I think the creative mind is both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because I am never, ever, ever bored. You know, I I have people in my life that don't have a lot of hobbies and they don't know what to do with their time, and I am the opposite. I feel like I don't have enough time to do all the things that are in my brain. But the curse is that I have so much in my brain that sometimes it's hard to turn it off. So, you know, going to bed at night is is tricky sometimes because that's when my brain decides to flick on. And <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, thinking of all these different things. And I tend to be a big multitasker. So, you know, I do have a lot of balls in the air at any given time. So I often have to turn the light on, write it down, try to lay back. I was just going to ask you if you keep a notepad by your bed. Yeah, I have to keep a notepad pretty much everywhere I go. (laughs) Like my brain pretty much never stops. And it's funny because a friend just DM'd me on Instagram the other day and said, you sure have the need for speed because like, (laughs) I, it shows on my Instagram how I'm like over here and over there and doing this and doing that. But I I thrive that way. I love doing I love doing a different thing every day, pretty much. I love learning new things. And it's all really comes from that curiosity that I find one of the greatest blessings in my life is is to have that kind of curiosity because you know, I see uh, sewer grate and marvel at it, or I see shapes in the clouds and think that's really cool. So, you know, that's where that smile on my face comes from is I just, I marvel at the world. Well, that, that, that probably describes it greatly. If I, if thinking about what you just said and thinking about that picture and just knowing you, it does, it, it does look like you're walking around in awe of all of the wonder that you see. Ask friends that travel with me because I I went to Italy with some friends that aren't artists a few years ago and I was always tagging behind because I'm looking at, you know, up and down and all around. They're like, come on, Laura, come on, Laura. But by the end of that trip, they were pointing things out to me, you know, oh, did you see the shutters on that building? So it's kind of cool that they picked up on being just observant about the world. David David Letterman used to say it best, Laurie, and I think this is what you're trying to say, is there's no off position on the genius switch. I'm in awe. Again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm equally fascinated by people who, creative people who can do things I can't do. My brain's not wired that way, but I do draw inspiration from it. There's been many times where I've seen a picture, or I've seen a drawing or something, and it just takes me off in a completely different direction. And that's the beauty of getting to work in creative for a living that I don't ever take for granted for a day, for a moment. No. We're really, really lucky because that saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's, you know, frustrating. But for the most part, 
I am very grateful and I feel very, very blessed. Yeah. Well, Lori mentioned a little bit ago that you're one of our longtime artists here at Demdeco. Just kind of briefly talk about that journey and what was your original connection and and your journey with Demdeco. Well, I originally, I always knew about Demdeco, of course, because it's, you know, one of the premium com companies in the gift industry. But I was actually working with a company called Sylvestri for a few years. That's where Glass Fusion actually started. And then Demdeco purchased Sylvestri. And that's kind of how I came on board with doing more work with Demdeco. And I've worked with a lot of different people at Demdeco, but I, ha I have to say it is one of the kindest companies in the industry. And the people that I interface with there are, I've never met anyone that I didn't really, really like a lot. That's um, kind. It's great to hear and kind of you to say. Well, the very first time I actually did a tour of the Demdeco headquarters and, you know, saw a lot of the things that you, that the company was doing for its employees and the way that it cares for its artists, I was, I was pretty blown away and continue to be. And one of my favorite things is to make the trip into the office and spend yeah. a day with everyone there. I, you know, I just, I love the company. Yeah. Well, we love it when our artists can visit. So Lori, the name of our podcast is Lift the Spirit, and we all need our spirits lifted at times, and and many of us look for ways that we can lift other people's spirits, and and typically we do that because people are maybe at a low point in their life. What have been some of your lows that you experienced, and, and how were you able to work your way through those? So I'll talk about two. One was in my mid-30s, and I was a mother of two kids, fairly young kids, running an office of maybe nine or ten people. We were doing work, a lot of work in the environmental graphics realm at the time, which required a lot of meetings and after-hours meetings and I came home one night from one of those meetings and I was sobbing and just saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. My husband didn't know what to do with me. So that was followed by, you know, just anxiety, depression, all of the things. And I ended up working, we were doing work for a company called Global Lead at the time. And mm -hmm. we actually traded we traded time with them. And so I actually got to work with a leadership coach. Her name was Diane Menendez. And she was amazing. And she had me kind of go through my the pillars of my life, my family, my faith, my work life, all the things and kind of I'll write down where I am now and where I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to look like. And she really, really helped me through that time. So she was a great mentor. I didn't have, unfortunately, I didn't have a ton of mentors. I started mm -hmm. when I was really three years out of college and then all of a sudden had all these employees and I'm managing and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And, <laughs> I had it. and it was just 
a lot and it just finally caught up. So she kind of helped me take a step back, take a look at everything and make some changes and figure, figure things out a little bit to get it back on track. So that was that. And then the other time was just within the last few years, I, I lost both parents, lost our dog, sold our studio of 30 mm -hmm. and then turned 60. So all of that whipped up into this stew of at first it was, you know, being really, really sad. But then also on the other side of that, I realized, well, you know, when you do the math, the years left are, you know, maybe not as many as they once were. So I better make them count. So that really made me start to think about what are the things that I really want to do? What what is giving me the most joy and so I'm kind of you know kind of steering the ship a little bit towards more of those things you know getting getting through our low points is is really obviously obviously difficult for everybody how in those times when you were in those situations did your art and your creativity come into play as far as getting you through them well I find that initially when you're in those periods of lows and you're a creative person, initially you start to beat yourself up a little bit because you don't feel like creating. And I've, I've had this conversation with our daughter a few times because, you know, she'll, there are periods where she'll say, I don't feel like creating. And what I tell her all the time is, you know, everything ebbs and flows and when you are in a period of grief or sadness or or you're feeling low, the creativity will come back to you. But you also, I think, have to give yourself grace and and you know, don't force it when you're not quite ready to be creative. But then, you know, getting back to being in all of the world, for me, it it felt like some little thing, whether it be, you know, really wonderful words from a friend or, you know, something somebody said to me or something I saw would spark again that desire to create. And then the more that you go back to that and start creating again, the more you do bring yourself out of those lows. Yeah, it's amazing the power of art. So we've talked about lows and we all have them, but I'd like to hear about some of your highs. And I just know for me personally, I mean, knowing you personally and just having you as a friend and, and your art, I know that your art brings a lot of joy to people. So tell us about some of your highs and, and maybe how that same, same creativity or art has helped you in lifting your own spirits, but just the stories that you hear about others. I'll share a couple of things, and they're both both Demdeco products that I've designed. One of them is the Poetic Threads collection. Mm -hmm. And the reason that gives me so much joy is I'll backtrack and talk about how I created it, but I love seeing our grandsons. They have the big bear in there, uh -huh. and they, like, cuddle that thing and throw it at each other and you know, just have fun with it. I, I just love seeing my grandsons interact with something that I designed. Yeah. That's super cool. And it was actually designed. So 
I, I went to a Goodwill store. I found these really cozy sweatshirts because I thought a lot of plush are made with fur, but to me, there's nothing cozier than that well-worn sweatshirt. And so I made the plush out of that. And then I wrote a little love letter to Nash, who was our only grandson at the time. We have two now. Wrote a love letter and then put that on a patch on the belly. And I I feel like that line has really touched a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I love being, when I go into the stores and I'm walking around and all of a sudden I see, you know, the poetic red bear on the shelf. <laughs> So that's really fun. And my friends love that too. They love when they see my stuff in the store. The other one is a recent collection. I don't know if they're marketing this at under this name, but originally I called it Made Together. And the idea was that I wanted to create art with Kenzie, our daughter, and our grandsons. So we got together and we would just paint and cut paper out of black and white with black and white. And we made flowers and rainbows and hearts and, you know, all the really great icons. But I love, I love seeing kids create. And I love the the naive quality of what they make. So that was really fun because we had three or four making sessions all together. And we made all these great icons. And then Jennifer Livingston at Demdeco took all of those and and created a really great product line. So I, I love that's the story around that and the fact that we all got together and did it together. And now Nash has the little bud vase on his dresser in his room and oh, he, he is really excited about that. So I'm hoping, I've always loved creating with Kenzie and now with the boy. So hopefully, you know, with little Holden, especially he's so into art and making that you know who knows what's going to come down the path with all of us working together on stuff that's great that's that's your new melamine line right yeah 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 and so my wife maria and i who works here at demdeco we just bought that so we have that out our at our house so i i so i didn't know that story so that's that's great to hear yeah i I filmed when we worked together and took pictures and yeah, it was, it was really fun. So Lori, if, if someone listening to this wants to follow you on Instagram, what are your Instagram handles? I'm Lori Studio, and it's S-I-E-B-E-R-T. And Lori, the L-O-R-I. Right. Correct. Yeah. So Lori Studio. Right. And you can have your spirits lifted just by following Lori on Instagram, I promise you. Well, at least you will be bored because one day I'm painting a silo and the next day I'm yarn crafting and the next day I'm doing a painting. So, yeah. Or in, or in Mexico or in France. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When people see your product in stores and, and I've, I've been in the gifts industry for, for quite a while. And, and when I first got into it, I had an old manager, my old boss told me, I said something about having worked in it for about six months. I said, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. Right. And she said, well, the thing you have to remember is somebody has to do it for a living. And it's, I, I never, I never forgot that because it is a privilege to be able to do that. And I, I have a, someone who reports to me, her name's Anne Marie, and, and she's, she's starting to work more and more on, on product. And I told her, I said, there's going to come a time when something you wrote is going to show up in a store and you're going to take your mom into that store 
you're going to point at it and you're going to go, I wrote that. And I said, there's not a cooler feeling in the world to see your thing sitting on the shelf. And, and your mom then gets to pick that up, take it home and put it in her home. And it's, it's such a, that is such a rewarding, that, that to me has been some of the highs as well. So I'm really glad you talked about uh, that particular piece of it. It's a high end. It can be embarrassing because my mother <laughs> used to go up to the store manager to tell them that her daughter designed these things. And my friends like to do that now. And it's a little embarrassing because I like to just, you know, kind of sweep by, take a quick photo and move along. But no, no. This doesn't need to make the podcast, Jonathan, but Lori, I'll tell you one of the things that my dad did is he made business cards with, with one of the characters that I get to write for that we won't mention on this podcast, but you know, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a feline in a fedora. Be good. Yeah. He takes business cards around with him. And when he meets people at restaurants, he'll say, oh, and my son writes this. And I'm like, oh, oh, you know, oh. thanks, dad. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, hey, uh, Lori, just so you know, anytime Aaron says, hey, this doesn't need to be in the podcast, you can guarantee I'm putting it in the podcast. <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, Lori, this, this, I think this, this question is, is probably hard to answer for everybody. I know if, if I were having to answer this on a podcast, I'd probably find it challenging, but what's the most important thing about life you've learned? I actually think you probably will answer this very eloquently, but yeah, what is the most important thing about life you've learned uh, throughout your, your creative and artistic journey or just your journey overall? I think one of the most things, and it's cliche, but I think the most important thing is to keep a balance between work life and, you know, what you do professionally and your home and family lives. Because I, I feel like that's one of the things that I'm proud of that my husband and I, because we had our own business, we were always able to be present for our kids mm -hmm. throughout their school years and, you know, be there when they needed us and do fun things with them and their friends. And we always knew their friends and, you know, we, we have great family life. We have great friendships and, you know, as much as I love my, what I do day to day, I also love my family and friends. And so I think, giving time to both of those sides of life are really, really important. And then I think the other thing is to don't be afraid, like try things. And if some, if you're curious about something, don't wait to try it, just, you know, do it. And it, things just lead you one thing to the next, to the next, when you put, when you dip your toe into something that you are passionate or interested in, it's just kind of this, you know, tidal pool that, you know, keeps spinning these waves out. And I don't know, it just makes life that much more rich when you take time to do that and you're not afraid. So, so true. Lori, your art and your creativity in general has brought a lot of joy to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, uh, just visually. And then through your, your words and the way you're able to weave language together in a way that just touches people often at a moment when they need exactly what you hoped for, but what brings you joy? Because there has to be a lot, cause I know that it has to come out in your art, 
but what are some of the things that bring you joy? I'm going to answer that in two ways. Again, back to this balance thing. I'm going to answer it on the work-life side and with a story. So I've done over 180 pieces of art for the Children's Hospital in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I got a, a note, a direct message on Instagram from a nurse from Children's saying just that, how much joy that art brought her and the other staff members. And, you know, sometimes you think art is not that important and I'm not saving lives or, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a fireman. I'm not, you know, it's just art, but I guess imagining a world without art, it would be not very interesting. So, you know, getting a note like that was, was pretty special. On my personal side, I love watching our grandsons <laughs> fun things and, you know, crafting with them, making with them, pretending with them. Cause you know, I have a little child's brain sometimes. So we play all these games together. And so I love that. And then me, myself, I love going to flea markets. That's one of my most favorite things to do. I love travel, which I'm getting to do because I'm travel teaching. I love food. <laughs> I love reading. So, but, and I'm getting to do all of those things. So, you know, I'm pretty lucky. Well, that's, that's great because I think all of what you described, we're seeing in your creativity. So we, we get to benefit from the joy that you're finding in in your life. So that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. Life's, life's pretty good. I'm yeah. Kind of a great, we, I'm really proud of the fact that we've basically raised our family with our business as, you know, our business as artists, designers, because right. my husband's my business partner and now our daughter works for us and, you know, our livelihood pretty much comes from doing this. So I'm, and we've done it since 1987. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, they, you should be. Well, I've, I've, I've met you, I've gotten to know you just a, a tiny bit, but you were someone who inspires me with your creativity. I'm curious though, who are some people who, that have inspired you throughout your career, who currently inspire you, just people you look at and you go, wow. Oh my God, that is a very, very, very long list because I am an artist designer groupie. I am constantly looking at art and designers and creative people. In fact, I do a newsletter once a week that people can sign up for on my website. And I put out four fabulous finds. That's what we call it every Friday, along with things that I'm up to. I, I have heroes in fashion. One of, one of my biggest heroes is Iris Apfel. I, I love her so much because she's over a hundred years old now and she's still like, she wears like a thousand bangle bracelets and these big round glasses and she, she just does her thing and, and she's unapologetic. And I just, I just love her so much. Her, the way she looks at life and the way she handles herself. I just, she's one of my top heroes. Yeah. She, she crossed that. I don't care what you think line a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, and amen for her. I remember yeah. several years ago, I I decided I really wanted a pair of Chucks, like Converse shoes. And I wore them out one night and I thought, I, I felt like everyone was staring at me because I was too old to wear Chucks. And now I don't care. Like, it's like, I'm wearing whatever I want to wear. Yeah. And, you know, I love Chucks and I'm going to wear them. And so... I guess that's one of the beauties of being a little bit older is you start to get to that point where you're like, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's one of my favorites. And of course my, my daughter, she inspires me. Well, both my, both of our kids, our son is a, a, a mechanical engineer and very creative and very hardworking. So yeah, our kids and our grandkids are great inspirations. And I don't know if you want me to go through the whole long list, but I tend to, I tend to lately, I've been really into ceramic artists, apparel designers, everybody from the sixties back to, you know, what I talked about where that's kind of my era. That's when I grew up and I find my, and I love, I love Scandinavian design for some reason. I love Merimekko. I'm a brand ambassador for a, a Swedish brand called Gudrun Huden. So I love folk arts and I don't know. I, I love it all. <laughs> One thing I did want to mention to everyone is that we will be actually hosting Art Biz Jam, which is a conference that helps artists in business uh, at the Demdeco headquarters in October. And this is 2023. So they are so kind to allow us to host this event there. And there are actually several people, including Jonathan, are speaking there. So I just wanted to mention that because it's a really great place to learn and to network. And thank you for mentioning that. And the purpose of Art Biz Jam is, is that not only you get artists together, but it is uh, specifically how to earn a living from your art. Is that correct? Correct. And we'll cover licensing your art, but we'll also have speakers that are talking about doing product on Amazon, wholesaling, you know, all kinds of topics and different ways that artists have made money because it's really important to have multiple income streams. I've always lived by that. So that's kind of, you know, that's what they'll learn about and meet a lot of really veteran people in the industry and learn from them. And they can find out more about that on your website. Is that correct? Actually, if they go to artbizjam.com, that's where you can learn all the details. Lori, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Look the Spirit podcast. This is Jonathan Jones and Aaron Hyde with Dim Deco. Have a great rest of your week and we hope you join us for the next episode.